I was introduced to the Gene Keys like a year ago. And so it's it's new, you know, I feel like I'm I'm now I'm breaking out of the woo woo closet, you know, where I'm like, okay, how does this tie in? Because we've kept it so separate, like science has been separate. But now I'm like, as a dietitian, we always look at the whole being. So how can I leave out this energetic aspect? It's like, it's physical, yes, because I know all about the body, but then it's emotional and energetic. Like we are addressing your whole being to really get you to feel worthy and whole and care for yourself and whatever that looks like for you. Welcome to Lit Up AF, the podcast that helps you create a life that lights you up. I'm Jenny Rose, your average 30-something millennial who spent years following the conventional roadmap to success until one day I looked around and realized I was burnt out, uninspired, and living a life that was out of alignment with my dreams and desires. So I threw away the old roadmap and now I'm following my own inner compass as I create a life that leaves me feeling lit up as fuck. I started this podcast because I know that I'm not the only one who did all the right things yet ended up feeling trapped in a life meant for someone else. So if you're feeling stuck, consider this your permission slip to throw out the old roadmap, tune into your inner compass, and create your unique version of happiness, even if it doesn't make sense to those around you. Join me here each week for a dose of inspiration, encouragement, practical advice, and honest conversations with others on a similar journey. Let's dive in. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to Lit Up AF, the podcast that helps you create a life that lights you up. My name is Jenny Rose. I am the host of the show. And if you are a new listener, welcome. The Lit Up AF podcast is for you if you are on a mission to create a life that lights you up, driven by your unique desires and purpose, even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else. If you are a returning listener, thank you so, so much for your continued support of the show. Lit Up AF would not exist without you. And I am so grateful to have you along with me for this journey. By the time this episode releases, I will be on my friend's bachelorette party. It's going to be so much fun. The theme is her last rodeo. So we've been encouraged to dress up in our best country slash cowgirl vibe outfits. And we've got a jam-packed agenda full of beach days, brunches, country music, good food, fun vibes. And I'm not a country girl by any means. I don't listen to country music. And the last time I dressed up as a cowgirl was like probably in the second grade for Halloween. but. I do love committing to a theme, so I have purchased my very first pair of cowboy boots, and I can't wait to wear them out on the town on our trip. So if you want to see what I'm getting up to on The Batch, make sure that you follow me over on Instagram at litup underscore AF. I'll be active on my stories over there so you can follow along on the girls' trip fun. I am so excited to share today's episode with you because I am sharing with you a very special guest interview that I feel combines some really interesting and powerful topics. Our special guest is Kim Tasker, the somatic dietitian who specializes in helping women release shame and guilt around their relationship with food. In this interview, we explore the intersection between nutrition, inner child healing, intuitive eating, and the gene keys, which is a spiritual awakening system that has its origins in human design, which if you've been listening to the show for a while, then you know that that is my jam. This interview came at such a perfect time because last Friday on episode 24, I interviewed another dietitian, 
Kara, who is sharing her wisdom with us from the more physical and scientific side of nutrition sciences. And in today's conversation with Kim, we have the opportunity to explore nutrition through the lens of the emotional, spiritual, and psychological elements. So I am just really excited to have had the chance to examine this very important topic of nutrition and fueling our bodies so that we can live our most lit up life from so many different angles. I know you are going to love this episode. Kim is such a delightful person who truly cares very deeply about helping people repair the relationship that they have with their body. And on that note, she is sharing a free body image video training and workbook with the Lit Up AF audience that will guide you through how to integrate your inner child and detox from diet culture. It's a really great resource, so you will definitely want to check that out in the show notes after you listen to the episode. Before we dive into the interview, let me take a moment to read you Kim's bio. As an intuitive eating dietitian, Kim is on a mission to help women find trust and control within their bodies. Her goal is to teach you how to release the shame and guilt that we all feel from the scale and food. She uses an out-of-the-box approach to guiding you back to your natural way of eating through intuitive eating, inner child healing, and the gene keys. Without further ado, let's welcome Kim to the Lit Up AF podcast. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the Lit Up AF podcast. I'm so, so excited to have you here. Yeah, me too. Thanks. I know we were kind of just jiving on this, but I really feel like the stars aligned for our conversation and I just feel like it's really divinely supported. So I'm excited to be here. I completely agree with you. I was just talking about this with Kim before we hit record, but I just did an interview with a dietitian that was really focused on the like physical and scientific side of nutrition. And Kim's specialty is all in the emotional and spiritual side of nutrition. She's a dietitian as well. And, you know, why don't I let Kim introduce herself and tell you all of the things that she is up to in all of her areas of expertise. So Kim, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So kind of just going off of that, like my journey really started with not liking how I felt. And at the time, I didn't realize that I was like pairing with how I thought I looked or I was really focusing on external things. And I didn't really realize that because I was focusing on that, that was actually making me feel like I don't like how I'm feeling. And so I had done years of therapy at this time and I was graduating with my degree in nutrition and dietetics. And so I started to kind of pair both of them together and like looking like this is I know that when we focus on like happiness and success and love anything as a destination, it's a trap. Like I, I just was like, this is a trap. And it always left me feeling worse. So I, I took everything like, how do I cultivate this now? And everything that I do, like whether that's my health journey, love, happiness, whatever it is. But at this point in time, I was like, I feel like shit. I was feeling really shameful and focusing on how I looked or, you know, what I should eat, whatever was cultivating more shame for me. So my question to myself was always like, what if I could love and accept myself now? How would I treat myself? What, how would I care for myself? What would I do if I did love and care for myself now? And so it started to kind of unfold into this way. Like I had done diets and I truly believe we've all been conditioned, whether or not we're currently doing a diet right now or what we think is a diet. Like we all have these diet rules that, you know, it's like we clean our plates. We eat when we're not hungry. We emotionally eat. Like we all do these things. And I did that too. And so even though I was like, okay, I did a diet. I'm done with those. 
And now how am I focusing on like, how am I eating? You know, I still had these like rules that I was following. So it really was a, a process of unlearning the diet culture, which is what I would call those rules. And really releasing the shame and embracing loving myself unconditionally. And in the process I had found, so, you know, I was going through therapy. I had found my inner child. So I was working on that piece. And then I was like, well, I'm going to pull on my dietetics degree. And how does this look? Like, is there a program of this? And then, you know, in, in comes intuitive eating. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why, why isn't this highlighted more? And then, and lastly, most recently has been the gene keys. So I've ultimately been like on a quest to just find a light in my own body and really taking all these pillars. And now I'm like, and how can I be the greatest good of all? So how can I share all this with everybody? So that's kind of wrap it all up in a bow. Who I am, what I do, where I got, what I'm obsessed with, things like that. That's so beautiful. And thank you so much for being really vulnerable there because I feel like so often when we think about diet, we really just think about the physical side of it and not the psychological and emotional side of it. And so I think the work that you're doing in the world is just very, very needed and not something that a lot of people are talking about. And so you mentioned Gene Keys, which is something that you are an expert in. And I want to talk about that because at this point, the Lit Up AF audience is very familiar with human design. I just did a whole human design for beginner series, but I have not talked to them about the Gene Keys, which is an offshoot from human design. So can you explain to us what the Gene Keys are and what information they can reveal to you? Yeah, it's my new obsession. I found a human design from a friend. And so when you're looking at your human design and you have your boxes on the side with the glyphs, there's all these codes, these numbers. And so all of those go to a channel, but they also go to a gene key. So the founder, his name's Richard Rudd, he had studied human design for a long time. He had studied many different things, but, you know, he was just on a quest for a long time. And I think he was like 29 at the time. And he had a three-day, three-night experience where it basically, you know, in extreme elevated state, felt like walking heaven on earth, so much light coming through. And in that process, through this transmission was the gene keys. So it pairs with human design. He almost felt like human design, I don't want to say like wasn't completed, but he was like, this is like an elevated extension of human design. And it uses astrology. So same birth chart, birth time, all that stuff. And so to me, what I really loved about it, like why it was so resonating to me is because in the process of having the therapy and the shame, like, I don't know if anyone or if, if you can relate to this, when you go to therapy, you know, it's like, I felt like I was focused so much like, okay, this emotion is shame. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Now what do I do with it? You know, like we're here now in the shit or like in the belly of your beast. And like, now where do we go with this information? And I love the jinkies. And even like what Richard Rudd says, he's like, the whole transmission of everything we do, like we, you have to go down into yourself, right? Into your belly, which I love because I'm like, I'm a dietitian and everything is in the belly. So I'm like, we're processing all this stuff in our bellies. But then in that maybe turbulent energy, you find your gift. So to me, it felt like I, while I might be focusing on the shame, you know, your gene keys gives you the shadow that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And then 
how you can get out of it, which I love so much. If I recall, yeah, Richard Rudd was one of the direct students of Ra Uruhu who had initially channeled the human design system. And so he really worked with him for many, many years. And if I recall, I think that Richard Rudd's focus was more on like the incarnation cross, which is a section of human design that is not quite as fleshed out as other aspects of it. And so I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit because I am no Gene Keys expert. But if I recall, there's some different sequences. There's like the pearl sequence and the Venus sequence. And each sort of like activation has three different levels. Is that right? There's the shadow, the gift, and the city. Yeah, correct. Okay. So can you talk to us a little bit about like what are the sequences? Because I I really don't know as much about gene keys as that little foundational talk there implies. I really don't know too much more beyond that. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing up the the incarnation cross because he takes the same thing, your incarnation cross from human design, but he makes it your activation sequence. So even just knowing the four gates of your incarnation cross gives you your activation sequence. And so it has four different spheres that will help you kind of like, what is your purpose here on life? What are my genes? What's my DNA? Like, what am I activating in this incarnation on this earth right now? And it has like your purpose and it has your radiance, which I love to use for your health. And then you go in like once you find like, OK, now I'm, I'm grounded here. I know kind of who I am, what I'm here to do, which is the same as your incarnation cross. Then you go into the Venus sequence, which is all about unlocking the gates that you have around your heart. Like, how do I block love? How do I block myself from receiving love? So it's really a delicate path but is really opening, like truly opening. And you can do it even like, even if you're single, you can see a lot of this stuff on how you show up in every single relationship. If you have a partner, like that's the one you're focused on, like how do I show up with my partner? And you know, what are the things, like even if it's as simple as like washing the dishes, you know, like your partner comes in, they say something, you're like, oh God, you're so annoyed right now, you know? You can do all this just from like being like, oh, you know, I have a lot of seriousness in my chart. So I'm always like, gosh, you know, here I am again, ruminating in my thoughts and I'm really serious. And like, it has nothing to do with my husband. I'm just like, I have this wounding, you know, that maybe came in from my childhood. Maybe it came in from a past life. Like, we don't know. But this gives you like such a good highlight to know, like, how am I blocking myself from receiving love? And it could be from, you know, even yourself. Like, we're really not good at receiving our own self-love, which is why it's hard. It ripples out into our relationship as well. And then after you kind of work through opening up your heart, now you can prosper. That's what the pearl sequence, the last one is. And it takes your core wound. You know, you have a core wound in human design. So that's your, you go through that. That's the last piece of your Venus sequence. And then that's what you use in your pearl sequence to like serve everybody. If you're like, I'm going to start a business or I, you know, now I've done my healing. How can I serve the world with this? Which is another reminder that in every shadow state or every like, I always think of like, okay, if we didn't know what shadow state was, to me, it's like the depressed states, the low states where you're just like, I'm just feeling low. 
I always like to call it ho-hum. Like I'm just feeling melancholy, depressed. So it's like when you're, when you're in those moments and then you find a way out of it, that's how you can serve. That's how you prosper. Right. And I don't, I'm not meaning it money. Right. It's like, it could be money, but it could also just be like those moments where you share something with one of your best friends and that changes their life. Now we're both elevated. We're both prospering. We're both heightened, happy, joyful states. I'm not going to like him. This just makes me want to go study Gene Keys. It's like, it feels like there is so much potent information to be sort of discovered and unlayered and just deconditioned again, which is all about human design and Gene Keys. It's all about deconditioning so we can all be the people that we are uniquely here to be. So on your platforms, you've talked a lot about using your own gene keys and what they reveal to you to shift the judgment that you felt towards your body. How did you go about doing that? Yeah, so I really started with my incarnation cross or the activation in the gene keys. So I have the incarnation cross, the vessel of love which I'm like, I oh, love it. That's I just, so beautiful. I love that. And I'm like, I love that. It's like, it's so fitting for what I'm doing. You know, I feel, I felt like what, once I looked at my human design and the jinkies, I'm like, this is divine what I'm doing. But so my life's work, just to kind of give a run, these are my, the shadows of my incarnation cross. So it's seriousness, constriction, self-obsession and dullness. So in the shadow states, it's like, it's very melancholy. It's very ho-hum, right? And so seriousness to me is like, I had a lot of anxiety that I had to work to overcome. So it was very ruminating on on everything, right? Why am I not fitting in this? How do I look? How come she looks better? What do I need to eat? How do I need to change this? Very like the the rules of diet culture. And I would just get fixated on it. And I'd almost be like so cold to myself because I don't like my body and I'm projecting it out to other people, you know, and like, I don't like the other women in bathing suits because I want to be them. Right. Instead of be feeling like the gift of that is like delightful. Like I actually, you know, love my body and we're all beautiful. And I feel like radiance comes from the outside. So it's once I, once I kind of went into the gift of acceptance from constriction. Right. So it's like, if I'm serious and focused on how I feel like I don't fit in my body, then I'm constricting my own. My breathing's getting short. I'm constricting myself and I'm not accepting myself. And then I'm, I'm dull. I'm obsessing over my stories. And so breaking through the activation sequence, my incarnation cross really allowed me to go into the gifts of all that, which is delight, acceptance, magnetism, right? And naturalness, like being who I am. And it all sits, all of those, you know, sit in my G center, right? When I'm feeling that way, it's like other people can sense it. That's how I feel like radiance comes from the outside. We all know this. Like when we see someone, we're like, whoa, I don't know what it is, but she is rocking that dress or whatever. Like it doesn't matter about your body type or like how your body actually looks. It's like there's something radiating from outside you. And it's like, it is you lit up because you love yourself and you've gone through, you know, the trenches, you've gone into the belly of your being and metabolized all the shit and found the gems. It sounds heavy because it, it is, you know, at times, but um, it's beautiful, really. 
yeah, self-awakening is always a heavy, you know, and I think that that's why it's so amazing to see you doing the work that you're doing because you've gone through your own dark night of the soul. You've gone through all of this shit that you were dealing with, like really, really heavy stuff. And you sort of transmuted that and been able to help other people walk the same challenging path that you have had to walk yourself. And so I'm going to guess that you probably also work with your clients with their gene keys. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. It's been a new added, like now that I'm, I, I was introduced to the gene keys like a year ago. And then I went and saw him in person, actually, which was amazing. And so it's it's new, you know, and I'm still kind of like, I feel like I'm I'm now I'm breaking out of the woo-woo closet, you know, where I'm like, okay, how does this tie in? Because we've kept it so separate. Like science has been separate. But now I'm like, as a dietitian, we always look at the whole being. So it's like, how can I leave out this energetic aspect? So I look at my program as like, it's physical, yes, because I know all about the body, but then it's emotional and energetic. Like we are addressing your whole being to really get you to feel like worthy and whole and care for yourself and whatever that looks like for you. That is so amazing because I have heard, I'm probably going to butcher it. I don't know the exact sort of expression of it, but basically that Eastern medicine never really forgot to keep the physical and emotional and spiritual and all of the different kinds of bodies that we have together, whereas Western medication or Western medicine rather tends to look at it through just like the one lens. And so I think that for many people in the Western world, they just simply haven't been exposed to all of the information that you're talking about. And it's so, so valuable because you can't disconnect those pieces of yourself. It's like we are all operating as a whole. And so the mental aspect, emotional aspect, spiritual aspect does connect very heavily to the physical aspect. So I just think that that is so cool that you are bringing that to people. And also, I totally relate to you saying that, you know, coming out of the woo-woo spiritual closet, because I feel like me starting my podcast, that was my own sort of time to step out of my spiritual closet and start to share with the world the things that I really, really care about so that everybody can, you know, hopefully live a life that lights them up. So I love that you are working with your clients with their gene keys. I know that you looked up my gene keys. Mm -hmm. Can you give me an example of a shadow that may play a role in my health based on my gene keys? Yeah. So um, the quick one I mean, I, I looked in depth on it, but the first one I looked at, so imaging keys, your radiant sphere is one. So this would be also be a part of your activation. This is the book, which we can link it to, but have you seen this book? That's like, I, got my questions up. Um, I, ha I have that book. <laughs> I, ha I have that book. Um, but I will say that it's just like, I, I've read some of it, but I just haven't figured out how to put all it's the pieces dense. together. Yeah, you know, it is. It's dense. Yeah. We could totally link the book too for anybody that's yeah. kind of listening and is like, wait, I want to learn about my gene keys. Yeah. Yeah. So yours is um so yours is the shadow of entropy, which when I looked at this, like I, I didn't want to read too much because I knew that being in your energy, like your higher self will guide my eyes to what I need to see. <laughs> but when I looked at it, the first thing that came to my mind was that it appears in your life whenever you're feeling like flat, sad, or low. And so to me, I'm kind of just like asking like, okay, how, how would this impact your health? 
if you're finding where you're just like feeling low, flat, depressed, it's like you don't want to take care of yourself, right? So if you find yourself, so in this too, and if anyone, like if you're going to go grab your gene keys, there's always two states of how this shadow will come up. So do you resonate with finding yourself feeling like depressed or um, frenetic, which do you know what that word means? I, don't I do. And okay. I would say that in the past, definitely depression. It's something that I struggled with for many, many years. And I had recently done a podcast episode talking about how I finally was able to shift out of depression. But it it was a many, many years long battle for me. And it required approaching it from many different angles including physical, as well as emotional, as well as spiritual. And I think that the spiritual piece is what really, and human design in particular, that really helped me to finally move out of that headspace. And I was, so I wonder, I just got chills, but as, as you were saying that, I'm like, you, you unlocked it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you did it because your gift is freshness, which is all about like, and and the city, sorry, I just have to go connect the dots so yeah. and see where I'm going with this. But the city is beauty, right? So, and to me, it's like, this feels like all about you owning yourself. Because as soon as, and all of us know this, like when we don't own who we are and we don't accept who we are, like whether that's your physical, whether that's not accepting that we're the spiritual beings and we're staying in the woo-woo closet, like however this looks for us, of course, we're going to feel depressed because we're literally deep pressing any sort of emotion even our joy even our own self-expression like that's where depression comes from I know that personally and like you can relate to this too like we're just deep pressing it down and so we go into a deep rest like a deep rest deep press like you know looking at the word like that that's what I think when I'm like I'm depressed I'm like what am I pressing down and then it, it causes this entropy you know, for all of us, like we all can tap into these energies. So I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. And going back to your radiance, like you have your line one in your radiant sphere. And so it's all about solitude, which you like, you're always like resting with your cat alone. Like you very much know, <laughs> yes. like you, d- you do a great job at like, you are in solitude. Yes, you have partnership and you're in, you know, companionship as well. But like you, just looking on the outside, you do a good job at being in solitude to refresh your radiance. Like you, you have like really just you giving that you've unlocked it, which is amazing. This is so wildly spot on, Kim, because I grew up in a very loving but chaotic situation. I have five siblings. One of them had severe medical needs. There was always a lot happening in my household as a child, and I always felt so overwhelmed. And I feel like now that, you know, I live in a situation where I do have a lot of solitude and alone time, I just feel so much more grounded because I have time to just be in my own energy and both my husband and myself, we both have first lines in our human design profiles, which do require a lot of solitude and a lot of time, not just in your own energy, but like pursuing the things that interest you and light you up. And so 
it's been very nice to be in partnership with somebody who also has that aspect to them because when I'm like, okay, I need time to go like do my podcasting stuff or to read human design stuff. He's not like, oh no, like, please come here and spend time with me. It's like, we're very happy and content many times spending time in solitude next to each other, like quietly doing our own things in each other's energy, but like very much focused on our own tasks at hand. But it was something that I didn't know about myself for a very, very long time. And so it's very gratifying to hear you be like, yeah, you've actually unlocked a lot of this because it's like it was not an easy road. Um, But human design really helped me to get there because I spent so much time living for other people, trying to be the version of me that society told me I was supposed to be. And when I discovered human design, it was all about peeling back all of those layers and just being like, no, like you came here to be you. You didn't come here to be society's version of, you know, the perfect person or whatever it is that you're striving for. And so simply having that permission Mm -hmm. given to me by studying human design and being like, no, like this is the person I'm here to be. It is fine to want some solitude. It is fine to not feel like so driven by that hustle, hustle, hustle culture. It really has just, like you said before, just sort of clicked into place for me. And my depression just kind of naturally dissipated Mm -hmm. when that connection clicked into place. Yeah. You found your purpose. Yes. No. And I think as you were talking, I have your gene keys pulled up on the side, but your evolution, right? Your earth, how you ground mm-hmm. is the gift of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So even in addition, like when you are mindful and just pausing, taking a moment, you know, even like you love going on walks when you go on walks and you're just present, you know, maybe even like have your headphones in, turn them off. Like even that, like what, taking a walk by yourself, but being mindful to really contemplate the moment. Life gives us so many pauses and it could be a red light. It could be, you know, somebody interrupts us in line, cuts us off and we get frustrated, but it's like, that can be an invitation to be more mindful, to be like, why did, why did that just happen? You know, and looking at things. So it's like you knowing that you're mindful to be like, I I need to be alone also keeps you in the gift, right? Because these are all, they all, it's your DNA. It's a helix that are coiled together. So they're all compounding on each other and when you unlocked it of course you're going to be more radiant because you're honoring your needs you've had permission now to be like okay this is literally the manual for my life is human design in the gene keys mm-hmm. like this is the thing that helps us understand what we're doing here they're and quite like, literally the keys in your genes to unlock the door to you Yeah. And I like, you know, I was like, even talking to people that are like skeptical or like, you know, not so much in the woo woo. I'm like, okay, if this just helps me feel better, like I'm into it, you know, I am into feeling better. And that was the whole thing with my journey. Like when I started, I'm like, I can't feel like shit anymore, you know? And like, yeah, I agree. Human designing the gene keys is literally the permission slip and the guide to get you out of it. Yes. And it's like, nobody needs a permission slip. I want to be clear, but everybody feels like they need one. And so just sort of like having that manual to fall Mm -hmm. back on, which is why I really wanted to make sure I was being very thorough with the human design for beginner series, because I know firsthand 
how dramatically impactful this can be mm. in creating more happiness and authenticity in your life. And so, you know, Kim and I have been chatting on Instagram for months now, and it's so fantastic to finally get a chance to like meet her and sit down and have a conversation with her. But I want to highlight for the listeners that it's like, this is the first time that Kim and I have really had a chance to sit down and chat in depth. And it's like, already she sees me so deeply because she has this information. And obviously you're also just paying attention in the conversations that we've had and all of that. I don't want to imply that, you know, you don't have your own sort of like intuitive and observational mm-hmm. gifts because you have so many of them. But it's like, just imagine guys, like how different your life can be if you work with someone like this that can yeah. just like see you so deeply and help you put the pieces of your puzzle into place, especially if you are somebody that might be struggling with, you know, body confidence, eating healthy, guilt around food, all of that. And so I think that I could sit here and talk to you about the gene keys like literally all night, Kim, but I want to make sure that we also dive more into the intuitive eating side of the work that you do with clients, because I know that that's a big part of what you do. So can you explain to the listeners what their inner child is? Like you mentioned it a little bit, but can you explain what it is and describe some of the ways that you see our inner child impacting our eating habit? Yeah. So I found my inner child. And when I found her, I found that I was like, I'm not compassionate with myself Mm -hmm. at all. And so, you know, I had a lot of shame that I had to like dig up with. And to me, it feels like we always in the spiritual world, we hear like masculine and feminine energy, right? We all have it. And I was stuck in the masculine energy because to me, it feels like when you're feeling shameful, you want to get out of it. You want to do something. You want to be restless. And so as soon as I sat in, okay, this is shame and I accept it. Now I can flow into the feminine because the only thing I can receive to this is compassion. Like we're done trying to solve it. We're just feeling it. And that felt like for the first time, I'm not trying to do something, right? And a lot of the times what we do is stuff it down. We continue with the the deep pressing of something. (laughs) And it would even be the deep pressing of these like these memories that would come up that I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. Like, why am I thinking about when my dad told me I had to eat all my broccoli and now I hate it, you know? But those memories come through because we have to decondition that. And when I stopped, you know, pressing that down and going into compassion, I had to find her, right? I had to, and I had to sit with her. Yeah, little Kim. Yeah, yeah. And so, and even I recently got this question. So I I drive with a lot of people on the jinkies, right? Mm -hmm. So. I'm always in the DMs, you know this. So I'm like, I love <laughs> chat about this stuff. And so this one woman came through and she's like, I'm being repulsed by food. Tell me in the gene keys, where is it? And she's in a human design too. So like, I knew immediately, I'm like, it's your inner child. So I'm just going to ask you, like, what about the food? Because we're always focused on what about the food or what about mm-hmm. this? And then, and then we go into the shame piece. What's wrong with me? Why can't I eat this? Why can't I keep this diet? And it's like, okay. What about the food is repulsing? And as soon as I asked her that one question, she was like, oh, when I was a kid, my parents used to make me eat when I wasn't hungry. And so it's as simple as that. Like if we don't honor that we do all have this, you know, inner being inside of us. And it's not like we, maybe big trauma happened. Maybe little trauma happened too, where it's like somebody stole your sweatshirt or you had to put your cat down 
or something, you know, like so many things happen. And if we didn't have the capacity to understand how to manage those little emotions, which felt really big at the time, and our parents were like, here, we'll get ice cream. Now, all of a sudden, we cope with the emotions using food. And all of us have been conditioned to do this. And so it's just we have to bring her in and find different ways that she wants us to cope without using food. For someone who is not super familiar with inner child healing, I love inner child healing. It has made such a massive impact on my life. All the time I'm like, oh, little Jenny Rose. I just imagine giving her a hug. I'm like, I was so cute and like silly as a little kid. I had like a crooked bowl cut and just like looked like a little little tiny lunatic. Um, But (laughs) um, for people who, you know, maybe haven't gotten the chance to explore this side of themselves just yet, how would you recommend that they connect with their inner child? Oh, I've heard so many different ways. I think the biggest thing is starting to bring awareness to it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us start with like, this is going to be so daunting and so hard and I don't want to go through it. Right. It's like we are touching a very tender spot. So one the first thing that came through is the Venus sequence of the jinkies will help you get there. But two, just knowing that like, you just need to think about it. Okay, this this is just coming through. If you had a wounded horse, we would not try to just go and jump and saddle the horse and ride it. Like no way in hell would we do that. It's just showing up and showing your inner child, I'm here, right? So maybe that looks like getting a picture of you, right? Like you visualizing she was so cute with her little bull cut. Like it gives you that compassion, right? And I honestly, like, I'm like, I have, I have a picture of me here on my desk where I'm like in a bathing suit. I got a squirt gun, you know, yeah. because I heard on a podcast, like, what can we do that brings my inner child joy? And that's mm-hmm. success every day. Like we forget to play. We take everything so serious. So one, knowing like you're already doing it because you're listening to this podcast and you hear us talking about it. And that already is enough to bring it into your awareness to know, like, acknowledge, I have an inner child in me. And then start to ask questions. What does she like to do? What was something I did when I was five years old that I loved to do? Maybe it's taking the long way home. Maybe it's jumping in the puddle and allowing yourself, give yourself permission to play, play again. And that could be with food, right? Maybe as a kid, you loved to eat bugles or something, you know? Like, oh, I, I don't know. Bugles. Did you ever, like, put them on your fingers and pretend you had, like, witch fingers? You know, and I feel like that's another conditioning. It's like, don't play with your food. Like, no, play with your food. You know, like, you can have fun with food. And so it's just, like, whatever kind of allows you to sit in the um, pasture with your child. I mean, she might not be wounded, but like, if you're not talking to her, she might be sad. You know, she's like your little best friend. And it could be get a picture. It could be write a letter, like whatever way that you like to connect with the most precious part of you. Do that. There's not a wrong way. There's not a right way. There's so many different ways, but have fun and play. I think the play piece is so important because like you said, we've all sort of had to quote unquote grow up and start focusing on, you know, adulting, which is not always the most fun. No, it's a and trap. It's a trap. <laughs> and something that I sort of like rediscovered recently was 
bike riding. Mm. And I hadn't ridden a bike in a really long time, but my husband and I live near this really beautiful park. And so he had a bike and he kept saying like, oh, like we should ride bikes together. And so finally I got myself a bike because that, you know, you kind of need a bike to ride a bike. And so I finally got a bike and we've been going on so many different bike rides and it has just been so much fun. And I just find myself smiling Mm -hmm. the whole time, just sort of like laughing and smiling, riding down the street. And I probably look so goofy to anybody who's driving by and they're like, what is that girl just smiling at? But it has just brought me so much joy to do this thing and to move my body in a way that is joyful and fun and is not about punishing it or trying to make it look a certain way. It's simply enjoying the physical experience of being in my body and being in nature. And just that small act alone, I think, has made my inner child just so freaking happy again. Yeah. And it's so it's such a like you just made such a powerful statement and such a simple thing, like everything happens in the ordinariness of life. Mm-hmm. And like, as simple as that, like we have, we take the, everything so serious. And I know this to be true because I'm like, this is my, this is my chart is seriousness, you know? Mm-hmm. So I am here to learn how to play, but I love that you say like, you made movement playful again. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be so serious where we are, you know, disciplining ourselves and not enjoying it and then wrecking our hormones because of it. Like, hey, maybe we just ride our bikes to the grocery store because, you know, I worked or set a podcast and whatever. You didn't get the movement that you wanted to get in. So now you're riding your bike, you're honoring your inner child, you're moving your body, you know, and you're probably lighting up the world because you're so like lit up. You know, people are probably driving by like that girl. Like, how do I be like her? You know, <laughs> like it's like it's magnetic. Like, really? I do think that joy in general is magnetic. And I'm very much or have been in the past a perfectionist, type A, very much like I need to go down my to-do list and I can't have fun until I've checked off all of the things on my to-do list. And so I have really, over the past year, I would say, tried to make joy an intentional part of my day every day even if it's just something very small like being present when I'm drinking like my morning cup of tea and listening to music and lighting a candle and just like enjoying those five minutes instead of just hopping on my emails and drinking that tea while I'm trying to get ahead for the day and it's like I think in my 20s I just always thought that Happiness was in the grand gestures and the big moments. And in my 30s, I've really come to realize that it's all in the small moments and the consistent practices that you lay out for yourself. It's like nothing brings me greater joy now than taking a walk outside with my husband. It's like that is so simple. And, you know, 25-year-old Jenny Rose never would have made that a priority but 34-year-old Jenny Rose absolutely does because it's like, this is what keeps me feeling grounded and content. And a lot of times I think contentment is actually the name of the game, not necessarily this like big burst of joy because those moments are wonderful, but you can't always be in joy. I think it's always something to strive for, but just like being able to find contentment in your day is like, wow, that 
that is sacred. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more pauses. That's everything. Like even when you're starting to do your gene keys or human design work, like it's all in the pause, right? Like, oh shoot, is this a shadow showing up? Right? Like, and then contemplating that. Once you start to contemplate things like this, it creates more space. Like all of a sudden you'll see like, oh, wow, you know, my reaction time is less, you know, or like I'm not normally I would bite my husband's head off. I'm not here, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, it's in the contemplation that the contentment comes, the joy comes. Yeah, it's good. So let's see if we can look at this topic through the lens of intuitive eating, because I know that that's something that you work on with folks. And I feel like intuitive eating has become like a very trendy term. I see a lot of people talking about this on TikTok and Instagram, but not necessarily how to actually implement this into your life. So where would you recommend that people start? Also, what are some potential challenges to watch out for because you've talked about this a lot on Instagram and I think knowing what challenges you might face as you start to implement this practice might help people be in it more for the long haul knowing that like hey there might be some bumps in the road along the way in order to implement this but once you get through those bumps in the road it really can truly change your life and give you that freedom with food that so many people are craving yeah I think the biggest thing is knowing like there's a honeymoon phase, mm -hmm. like there's a honeymoon phase for sure. And I think it's one of the biggest things that's discouraging and also extremely fearful to go through. I always like to think it's a last supper effect, right? All of us have had this experience when we know we're going to go on a diet. We know what we're not allowed to have anymore. So it's the weekend. We're like, we're about to mash everything we're not allowed to have. <laughs> and so it's like, it creates the last supper thing. So coming off of that, you're like, all right, all these crazy people say I can just eat whatever. The only thing you're going to eat for a while is everything you told yourself you couldn't have anymore. And that's like, that's the honeymoon phase. And then you go into this moment where you're like, there's no way this is healthy when I'm literally eating Cheetos, Cheez-Its, macaroni and cheese, hamburgers, like pizza, you know, everything that you're like, I, I know I don't feel good, but I also can't stop. Like that's where it's like this crazy thing where you feel out of control with it. And so I think the thing there is really recognizing that that's where you are. Like, okay, I'm just in the honeymoon phase. This is kind of just a side effect of all the years of telling me I can't have it. And then working on like, all right, let's say you are going to have pizza. Like, okay, I am going to have pizza. Don't put a limit on it. I'm only going to allow myself to have two. Like, that's still a rule where you're allowing that. Maybe have like, I'm going to have a salad first and then I'm going to see how I feel. Or I'm going to have one piece of pizza and then I'll, I'll like be very mindful. Don't be distracted and really kind of pace yourself to see like, how am I feeling? Have one piece of pizza. How am I feeling? Check in. And be mindful of your mind in these things because our minds are where it all comes from. Like our bodies are wildly intelligent, wildly intelligent, but we have been trying to digest our food with our brain, which does not have the capacity to do that for centuries. And so it's really understanding like what's my mind saying and is that different? 
knowing that you you will go through a honeymoon phase, it is going to be scary. You know, you're not on the wrong path. It's just the process of unlearning everything you thought. And then how can I show up every day to a meal not distracted? And we're, we're distracted all the time. We eat while we're driving. We're, we eat while we're checking our emails on the phone, watching TV. So really, as you're going through this process and starting to understand what your body's saying, try to limit distractions as much as possible. That is super helpful advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so interesting hearing you talk about it because it really connects back to the gene keys and to human design where it's like, just like we were all told who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to express ourselves and show up in the world, we also were told what we're supposed to eat, what is quote unquote good, what is quote unquote bad. And I think so often when you feel that you are disconnected from yourself, like spiritually, for example, then human design and the gene keys help connect you back to yourself because it's not about being someone else. It's about peeling back the layers so that you can be more of your true self. And I find that when it comes to food, it's a very similar exercise. When when you have too many shoulds, supposed to, need to, can't, whatever in your head, then it creates all of this pressure on you. And it's your mind trying to tell you what your body is actually better prepared to reveal to you. It's like the body is where the true wisdom is and the mind is just trying to play at God and try to tell you what to do. But when you learn to actually bypass the mind and tune into what the body is feeling, that is when you will truly feel all of the way that you want to feel that you can't seem to get to feel when you're living from the mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really interesting instrument like I went for years thinking like I hate my mind this is so frustrating I'm like I'm caught in the victim state of my mind but <laughs> like your mind is really a valuable organ like it's so precious you know and so I'm like it's it, you just have to learn to play the harp like that's it you're just like sometimes I go with that chord and other times I don't you know or whatever the harp play. I don't know I don't play the harp but like you know <laughs> however that would be and I just think you know it's really knowing that like your mind will also as soon as you train it to use this jargon like oh here we check in with our body then it's like it starts to become second nature but you just have to lay down new sidewalks for it to communicate with you so just be like being patient again being patient with yourself and removing the shame like you can't fail at intuitive eating it's just more every single journey, like even if you find yourself overeating or like, oh, God, I ate, I ate four pieces of pizza and I feel like shit. Like, OK, cool. Now we know that four pieces of pizza, maybe not. So you're like, OK, in the future, I'm not going to eat four pieces of pizza. The like, limit does exist. <laughs> <laughs> that is really helpful advice because I think that so many people when they start on that intuitive eating journey, like you said, the pendulum swings in the opposite direction because you've been trying to hold such tight control of yourself for so many years that, you know, you need to have the pendulum swing in the opposite direction for a little bit so that it can then level off. And that's when you truly start to hear your intuition come out. So I think just simply knowing that that is something that can and most likely will happen when people start this journey hopefully will help to create some space to 
you know, give yourself some self-compassion when that happens because you're unlearning many, many years of diet culture, which we are all badly subjected to. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a round of lightning questions that I want to ask you Ooh. like for funsies. But before we get into that, is there anything else on the intuitive eating or the gene key side of things that you're like, oh, this is burning inside of me. I, I really need to say it before we move on. Um, this just came through. I feel like a lot of us struggle with emotional eating. Like Jenny Rose, you and I both have open solar plexus. Mm -hmm. That means like, um, you can probably speak on this better, but to me, it sounds like this is the, what is the word right now that I can't, the energy center yep. that is really encompassing the emotions yes. that we feel, right? So, so we absorb other people's emotions. And yes. so I want to just remind people that we might be emotionally eating with emotions that aren't ours. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really, it, it's imperative to know, like, how do you feel alone? And how do you feel with other people? And what are you doing in order to, like, you could be making health choices based on energy and emotions and how you feel that isn't yours. And a lot of us, like me included, I did this forever. And I honestly, I, I remember the first time I had like one of my human design readings and I found out like, oh my God, I have a wide open solar plexus, which I feel like is a gift, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a great gift to know, especially as like a healer. But I'm like, I did years of therapy to figure out how I feel to find out that they're not mine, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of us, have these experiences, you know, where we're, we're doing things. So if you're struggling with emotional eating, my one question would be, is it yours? And like, get help with human design, reach out to someone just to be like, what is this? Is this mine? Or even asking yourself, is this mine? Because your body will tell you like, no, then it's like, okay, let it flow. I'm so glad that that came through for you. Because if I recall, and I might not have the exact numbers here, but the solar plexus center, like Kim was saying, it is the emotional center in human design. And I want to say that roughly 55% of the population, give or take, has it defined and 45% has it open. And so Kim and I both have it open. And so not only do we absorb the emotions of the people whose auras are around us, we also amplify them at 200%. Anywhere that you have openness in your chart, you amplify what other people are giving to you at 200%. And so when I was studying human design, there was this really beautiful line in the book that I studied from that was like, for emotions to be a beautiful experience, because all human beings have emotions, but for emotions to be a beautiful experience for those of us that have open solar plexus centers, you need to learn to detach from the emotions that you think you are feeling and not take everything too personally, because most likely because we do spend most of our time in and around the energy of other people, you are absorbing the emotions and the energy from those that you're coming into contact with. And so like Kim was saying, ask yourself, does this belong to me? And if you're having a hard time hearing that, see if you can get out of people's energy when you're eating, even if it's not every single meal, maybe you are, you know, eating dinner with your family, but see if maybe, you know, at lunchtime, you can go sit outside on a bench and just eat in your own company and just being outside of the auras of the other people that are around you will help you sort of shed some of those 
emotions that you might be picking up on from other people and help you connect back to yourself. Because people who have open emotional centers actually are emotionally very cool. But the irony is that we tend to think that we are highly emotional people Mm -hmm. because we're constantly absorbing and amplifying the emotions of everyone else around us. Mm -hmm. So there is sort of this like ironic twist of fate here where people who do have their solar plexus defined, they don't consider themselves to be emotional people, even though they quite literally are riding an emotional wave at all times in their life. And then the people who have it open think, wow, I'm such an overly emotional person. And it's like, it's actually the other way around. So I just think that that's so funny. And like, what a nice little nuance for you to bring here so that people can kind of like look at their own charts and be like, okay, is it impacting me that way? Or is it impacting me this other way? So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for some lightning questions? Yeah, this is fun. Okay. So first, you strike me as an astrology girly as well. So you probably Mm. wouldn't love the answer to this. What are your big three astrology placements? You know what's funny? Okay. I... I don't know this. Which oh my is God, crazy. I'm going to have to look it up for yes. you later. What's your sun sign then? So my sun sign, I'm a cusp. So this is what's challenging. I'm September 22nd. So I'm uh, Virgo or yep. cusp with Libra. Okay. And when I, I actually looked this up today, I looked up my natal sign. So then it was Libra sun, Cancer moon. Okay. Gemini ascendant. Okay. Yeah. So that's your big three. Yeah. So... Which is, I guess it's like funny, but I'm now and lately I'm loving Deborah Silverman. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of her? Um, she's an astrologer, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I've yeah. definitely heard of her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just like having a hard time with being like, which one am I? Am I, am I Libra or am I Virgo? Mm. You know? Yes. So. We will definitely have to talk about that mm-hmm. at a future date. I'm probably going to send you a bunch of like voice notes on Instagram after this about it because I also love astrology. Yeah. Um, but I would say if you are a cusp, it is still good to go with the sign that your son actually falls into. But just be aware that you'll probably have some additional qualities mm-hmm. of Libra, for example, if you are, you know, Virgo. But cusp yeah. signs are very interesting. Um, okay, great. So we've got a Virgo here. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite way to move your body? Mm, I love cycling. Mm. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I used to go on like long 10 mile bike rides in high school, which I'm like, I can't believe my parents just let me ride my bike around like with, you know, with like my CD player. I'm like, this was crazy, but yeah, I love bike riding. I love it. Me too. Okay, what is the best piece of media that you've consumed recently? So this can be anything, TV, book, movie, video game, et cetera. Uh, I have been jiving on the Deja Blue podcast. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. I'm gonna have to look it up. What's it about? Yeah, so she is best friends with Richard Rudd. (laughs) So cool. Okay, so immediately, yes, I want to check this out. She's very... Um, talks all thing taboo, spiritual, whatever. She has a really cool story. She's about our same age. Um, the one most recently that I listened to was where she was being very vulnerable and how social media gets us stuck in the comparison trap. Mm-hmm. And we always have to show up perfect, right? Makeup, hair, everything perfect. And so she was just saying, like, what if we can cultivate beauty from the inside out? right? Like, it doesn't matter how you look like. And which I'm like, I really resonate that. This is our cracking open your radiance sphere. 
it's a, such a good podcast. It's a podcast that you listen to and you feel good after listening to it. So you said it's Deja Blue. Deja Blue. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look that up well, right good. after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next question. What's your favorite snack? Oh, my God. I have so many favorite snacks. Okay. <laughs> let me see. Uh, you can give up this. If you've got like a top three, top five. We love snacks here. Well, I, yeah. And I have like a snack list. I feel like my favorite go-to snack is probably like a charcuterie board, right? Like, oh, but with yum. the sourdough, like San Francisco sourdough crackers are so good. I can't pronounce the olives, but the Castavano olives, like the meaty green ones that aren't very salty Ooh, are really good. And then just like whatever kind of cheese I have. I'm a snack queen. Like you have to eat every three to four hours, you know, just keep mm -hmm. yourself regulated. So I'm the lady who always has snacks, always have granola bars, but it's probably the quick and easy, you know, meat, cheese, olives, or like cheese and grapes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, cheese is thing. It's just so damn good. Like give me the sharpest cheddar oh, that you yeah. can find. And I'm yeah. a happy girl. Yeah. My husband is, he's a sharp cheddar guy too. He loves it. Yeah. Oh, so good. What are you most looking forward to this summer? Mm. Um, so I live in Colorado. I'm originally from Michigan. My family's in Michigan um, and Minnesota. So my sister and my mom are coming out. We're going to a mountain town for like a balloon festival rodeo type of thing. Um, so it was like balloons in the mountains. And yeah, I'm just really excited for that. We used to do like a balloon fest all the time in Michigan. And I just feel like I'm like, this feels like inner child, you know, like hot air balloons are just so joyful. You know, everyone loves hot air balloons. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. That is so cool. I've never been on one. No, I haven't either. No. Okay. So, but you just observed them. Yes. I think just like seeing them, what's that place? There's somewhere, I think Turkey, maybe. Yeah. That is like famous for all of these beautiful hot air balloons and just like seeing photos of it. I've been like, mm -hmm. wow, I need to go here someday. Like you said, it yeah. is just like seeing hot air balloons is joyful. I don't know if I would be brave enough to go up on one. I'm a little afraid of heights, but that's, that is so cool. Yeah. Um, Amazing. What is currently lighting you up in life? I want to say the gene keys, but I feel mm -hmm. like that's obvious. So I'm like, what else is lighting me up in life? I honestly feel like the next thing that comes through is relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, because a lot of times, you know, well, for me, at least in the past, if I would have like a hard relationship or like someone where I'm like, God, they're triggering me, whatever. I always just felt like cold and shut off, you know, but I love this like new sense of like, I, I can look at relationships and learn more about myself, which is really like, I mean, it's lighting me up. It's not easy, but it's fun to know that like in any single relationship that you come to, even the person in front of you at the airport, right? Like how you treat every single person is you can change that relationship by changing something you do inside. And so I'm like, that is so cool. They say that all relationships are mirrors. So it's like you really get to know yourself better through the mirror of relationships with others. Also, remind me, I have your human design profile. I just don't have it up in front of me right now. What's your profile? I'm a 2-5. You're 2-5. Okay, that's so 
That's so interesting. So you do have a personal profile, which means you have a, a personal destiny so that you don't need other people to kind of come in and initiate you into your destiny, whereas like transpersonal profiles do. However, you have a subconscious fifth line and the fifth line is very transpersonal and like karmic in nature where it's sort of like anybody with a fifth line is designed to sort of be the general. It's like you have out of the box solutions that people need. And so people kind of project onto you, you know, regardless of whether it's a conscious or subconscious line in your profile, it's like they project onto you that like you are somebody that knows things that has value and can sort of save the day. So mm. I think that that's so interesting to hear you talking about just how all of these little connections that you have with people, whether they're, you know, longer term connections or just like the briefest of connections, like that's so very fifth line of you. And so yeah. I love it. <laughs> I also have like, I'm wide open. I'm basically pretty open except for two centers. You do have a ton of openness yeah. in so your I'm chart. Almost like a reflector. It feels very like it's kind of intense, but lately what's been a lot of fun. I actually, I went away on a bachelorette party last weekend or yeah, mm -hmm. last weekend. And it's like, I really can feel the energy of other people. We all can, right? But as soon as you start to get really aware of it, it's insane how it's like, even while we were talking about the emotions where something happened, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to say it because I'm feeling it and I'm amplifying it out. Yeah. But it's like, but this isn't mine. I feel it from somebody. I got to say, like, I don't know who it is, you know? And so that's been kind of a fun thing too, to know like, whoa, whose is this energy? You know, I like to always just like observe, you know, I've done a lot of therapy knowing like I know emotions and it's been fun. Like, where do they belong? Whose are they? Because they're like, it's, I know me energetically at baseline that it's been, it's a really fun gift. Yeah. Yeah. That is a true testament to how much work you have already done on yourself, Kim, and getting mm -hmm. to, you know, know yourself and unlock your own design. Because the second line and the fifth line, you have the two lines in your profile that are most impacted by the projections of others. People are always projecting on both second lines and fifth lines. So you get like the dual projection field, which can be very, very challenging mm -hmm. uh, as a life experience to have people constantly projecting onto you, you know, sometimes they'll be projecting onto you in a way that you're like, yes, I do feel that aligns with who I am and what I'm able to bring to the world. But many times people are projecting on you in a way that it's like, no, that's not aligned with who I am and what I'm able or willing or excited to bring to the world. And as somebody that also has a fifth line, I'm a five one. I do understand that sort of projection field, but I just think it is so cool to see that you're able to really like feel that out now in other people because again you've done the work to understand who you are at your baseline like you said yeah i could literally <laughs> sit here all day and talk about gene keys and human design with you but perhaps we'll have to save it for another episode because i know i am running out of time with you so before we let you go kim where can people connect with you and how can they work with you yeah so you can find me at the somatic dietitian on instagram um, that's really where I'm hanging out. Like if you have any questions, come into my DMs. I love to chat. So I welcome that right now. I have, um, limited calendar space for one-on-one -on -one work with me. That's all that I'm working on right now, just cause I really, I, I love being in the energy of other people. 
And I know that that's where the most transformation happens. And I care so much about transformations that I'm like, I know I love dedicating my time and energy and space for your transformation. So one-on-one is the best. Um, and going to my Instagram is really the best place to go. I'm also going to gift everyone in this audience the workbook training that I created. So there's really good questions in there, really like taking you through your gene keys and really seeing how this works for you. Like we talked a lot about this on the podcast and, you know, and we worked through ours, but I want people to work through there. So I would go down into the show notes and grab that. And if you have any questions, like, again, I'm here to be your friend. You know, I'm here to like be a mentor. If I can do this, you can do this. And I'm happy to guide you on that path. So, you know, grab that. Come follow me on The Smack Dietitian and find all the links on there and ask me any questions that you have. That is amazing and so generous of you. I cannot wait to share that with people and also like check it out myself because it sounds like such an amazing resource. However, Kim, you forgot to mention one little thing. You have your very own amazing and fantastic podcast. So where can people listen to you? Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah, I have the Somatic (laughs) Digest podcast um, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. We're, we're in it over there. And I like, I'm taking you through so much stuff. I love juiciness, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't gatekeep anything. So mm-hmm. anything on my podcast, go soak it all up, ask any questions. Yes. So the Somatic Dietitian on Instagram, Somatic Digest podcast available on Spotify and Apple. And yeah, I, think that's I will include all of the links in the show notes so everybody can just like find that super quick and easy. But I just want to say that Kim is serious when she says like send her a DM. She is the absolute sweetest. Like we just became Instagram friends and we just kind of never stopped talking. And I'm just so, so grateful that you came into my life and that we were able to have just like the absolute coolest conversation here. So everyone, please, please, please go check Kim's work out. It is life-changing. You will not regret following her. And again, I will put all of the links in the show notes. Kim, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. You know, I just want to say, I feel like this is the the divine thing when you know your energy, you know, like you gravitate towards your people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this has been the same with like our connections and everyone. So yeah, I just, everyone follow your instincts, you know, and and whoever you're like feeling pulled to, like, I don't know if I should reach out, whatever. Just like do it because yeah, like even the connections, they're so good. Trust that whatever is sort of magnetizing you towards it, it is for you, whether that's people, places, things, courses, podcasts, all of the above. Just like follow your excitement and it won't lead you astray. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. You are so, so welcome. Ah, that was so good. A big thank you again to Kim for joining me on the podcast. Our conversation lit me up in so many ways. I feel like I was buzzing after our chat together. And I really hope that all of you enjoyed the conversation just as much as I did. As promised, I have included all of Kim's links in the show notes so that you can check out her website, her Instagram, her podcast, Somatic Digest, and of course, to grab the free body image training that she created to help you integrate your inner child and break free from toxic diet culture to heal your relationship with your body. The work that she is doing in the world is so important in my opinion, and I'm just really grateful that she took the time to share her wisdom with us on the podcast. 
I have honestly had so much fun interviewing Kara and Kim over the past couple of weeks, and I'm feeling really excited about potentially doing additional interviews on the show in the future. So if there is someone that you'd like to see me interview or a topic that you'd like me to find a guest expert on, feel free to shoot me a message over on Instagram at litup underscore AF, and I will see what I can do. In the meantime, I will be back on Tuesday with another Quickie Attunement Tuesday episode of the podcast and maybe even a mini recap on my wild cowgirl adventure weekend after this bachelorette. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and we will chat again soon. That's all for today. Love you. Bye. If today's episode lit you up in any way, please consider sharing it with a friend or loved one you feel would benefit. If you want to continue the conversation on today's topic, I would love to hear from you over on Instagram at litup underscore AF. Lastly, I would so appreciate it if you left a rating and review for the podcast to help it reach more listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found value in today's episode. I'll be back next week. Love you. Bye.